The WLEW Sports Network presents The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. The Strong Side is presented by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, Go Thompson, and Sure, Better Health, Better Life. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. The first pieces of championship hardware have been awarded, and there's a new king in the East. Good evening, and welcome to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host, and joining me tonight is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson. Thank you, guys. Uh, happy to be here. What a what a performance we saw by the Bearcats this weekend, and Cass City Redhawks get their first district championship. Congratulations to them. Also in studio with us is the sports editor of the Heron County View, Paul P. Adams. Yeah, it's always good to be back. I was at both of those games. Uh, very exciting uh, history-making over there in Cass City and a stunner over in Harbor Beach. The Ubley Bearcats dominated the Pirates in Harbor Beach from start to finish last night, and now they advance to the regional final. Meanwhile, Cass City takes care of Lakers, and Kingston comes from behind to defeat Mile Ensemble in the final seconds. Now a big week of football lies ahead. It sure does. The question is... is- which one of our teams, if any, make it on to the next round? There's some tough opponents coming up. Now the pressure is ramping up. The trophies are getting bigger. And, uh, you know, let's see how these teams can deal with it. We've got some teams that have never been in this position before. It's an in-depth look at the second week of the postseason. It's all right here on Sports Radio 1021 in W. At com. being brought to you by Thumb Bank and Trust, Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, Thompson Chevrolet, and Sure. Left side, right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. When it comes to buying a new vehicle, the choice is simple. Thompson Chevrolet. Located on M19, just north of Ubley, it's a short drive to find the best quality cars, trucks, and SUVs on the market. Come in and check out the all-new Chevy Blazer, Chevy Equinox, or the strongest, most advanced Chevy Silverado in its history. With free pickup and delivery available on service appointments. With GM-certified mechanics, keep your vehicle in top running shape year-round with Thompson Chevrolet. If your next new vehicle is not on the lot, they can get it for you. No problem at all. 2020s are now in stock, so come in, check them out, and see why so many go Thompson. That's GoThompsonChevrolet.com. GoThompsonChevrolet.com. There are few things in life that are constant. Death, taxes, and back pain. And not only back pain, but your neck, your arm, your other arm, legs, feet, and other places. And it can really slow you down. It can keep you from your favorite hobbies, traveling, and even everyday life. So how do we take care of your body's aches and pains? Well, it's quite simple. Active physical therapy in sports medicine. They have two convenient locations, just west of Light and Bad Axe, and on the east end of Sandusky. And they have extended hours, so there's no excuse. You don't have to be some sort of high-end athlete to be a part of active physical therapy in sports medicine. Patient recovery and rehabilitation is the top priority of their trained professionals, no matter the injury. They work with you to create a rehab program designed for you. It's that simple. So if you want to get active, once again, go to Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Bad Axe and Sandusky. Check it out for yourself at ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com. That's ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com in Bad Axe and Sandusky. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams here in week number 12 on Upon Us as the district championships in 11-player football have been awarded and the regional championships have been awarded in E8-player football onto the state semifinals now for them. Let's take a look through that scoreboard. We'll start out in A-player football in Division One. We had Kingston and Mayo going head-to-head in Mayo, and Kingston was trailing at halftime 20-8, to and then they use a huge second half to score 42 points, and they score with time expiring to win 50-48. to We'll have more on that one later. They will now play the uh, at Sutton's Bay this coming weekend. Morris t- goes to Deckerville and takes care of Deckerville. It was close in the initial way, but then Morris starts to pull away in the second half, scoring 
uh, 30 points in the second and or third and fourth quarters to beat defeat Deckerville 50 to 24 in Division Two of eight-player football. Pickford takes out Powers North Central, Hillman over Cedarville, Climax Scots over Onekama, and locally North Huron loses to Portland St. Patrick 51 to 14. The the one that sticks out is uh, Morris uh, Morris and Deckerville to me. Uh, that's two years in a row that we've seen Deckerville season ended. Uh, emphatically uh, dominated by their opponent. And you, you just start to wonder, is some of that magic in Deckerville over? This is a this is a team that was ruling eight-player football for a long time, collecting state runner-up trophies and making semifinals. And now, back-to-back years, they haven't even got to the semifinals. I don't know if it's uh, the magic has run out, but they had two very strong things going against them. Number one, they were very banged up. They had a ton of important players that were not in that game uh, and hadn't played most of the year. And, and I think from the perspective of myself, when I watched them play, they were undersized. So they had to be perfect on the line. They were going to have. They were going to sacrifice some yards on the ground. Uh, so they were going to have to force some turnovers and do different things to give their offense back on the field. And that's a tall task to order. Eventually, you're going to run into somebody that's bigger, faster, stronger uh, when it's that team, or as fast, anyways. And uh, Morris is that team. They're going to be a tough, tough out for anybody they see the rest of the way. In Division Seven football, that'd be the division with Cass City and Lakers. On the other side, Schoolcraft takes out Lawton 47-10. Jackson Lumen Christie defending state champs there. Uh, no, I take that back. Jackson Lumen Christie takes out uh, Riverview Gabriel Richard 42-14. Locally, Cass City over Lakers 28-2. And they will take on Detroit Loyola, who took out Madison Heights Madison 16-0. A very interesting scoreboard uh, after the first quarter. It was Lakers two nothing, and I, I thought I had tuned into the baseball game, but uh, <laughs> and at halftime it was six to two. So it was a very very strange game. But uh, the, the Red Hawks got off to a slow start, and I, not positive it was probably a combination of Lakers playing with nothing to lose. They had gotten absolutely run out of the gym, running clock the first time these two played. Uh, a very different looking Lakers team come out. Get it, get that safety to go their way, and then hold the Cass City Redhawks to six points in the first half. That's a total win for the Lakers. And uh, the changes came at halftime, and Cass City got back on track, scored twenty eight points in the or uh, excuse me twenty two points in the second half. Twenty eight, all of them were unanswered, and they got things right and got that monkey off their back, got that district championship. So now hopefully they can sort of play freer and play with house money and move on and play a tough Detroit Loyola team next week. It was 6-2 to two at the half, and it was nearly 2 to nothing at the half. Uh, Cass City scored with time running out in the half, uh, coming off a huge run that set up an eventual touchdown. So the, the Lakers came out, and they gave everything they had. They they learned from that first meeting and uh, offensively moved the ball, shot themselves in the foot a couple of times in the red zone. Really came up with a solid game plan on both sides of the ball. Uh, didn't work out that way, but uh, you know that that's a credit to the to the players and the coaching staff. Uh, they really put that fifty-one to nothing beating that they suffered in the regular season behind them, and they learned from it. And they they really came out and made Cass City work for everything that they they got. In Division Eight, Ishpeming takes out Lake Lindell Hubble. 30 to 18. Beale City, the Aggies, take out Johannesburg. Lewiston, the Cardinals, 33 to 20 in Johannesburg. And so Beale City and Ishpeming will take off or fare off each other in Region 1. In Region 2, Saginaw Novelle defeats Breckenridge, the defending state runners up from a year ago, 46 to 28 at Alma College on a neutral site there. And then locally, Ubley over Harbor Beach, 34 to 20. I know we were looking, knowing that our district, someone was going to eventually run into what we all thought was Breckenridge. So that game caught my attention that a four-loss Saginaw Novell team absolutely handed it to Breckenridge. Uh, they had a ton of offense, scored 46 points, passed it up and down the field. A very impressive showing for Saginaw Novell, a team that a lot of us unintentionally kind of had written off not the novel we're used to they had four losses we saw breckenridge up close and personal last year we knew they were for real solid defensively wondered if they could score enough points a team that we felt matched up pretty nicely against ugly or harbor beach no matter who moved on now all of a sudden it's kind of back to the drawing board we're doing our research what does saginaw novel have and we see it's a heavy passing game It'd be an interesting matchup between them and the bearcats Moving on to the local game here on the Game of the Week on the WLW Sports Network is Ubley on the road and Harbor Beach in the District Championship. And right off the bat, Ubley takes control of this game. They receive the kick and they march right down the field in five minutes. 
and or no, excuse me, yeah, five minutes and one second down the field, and they cap it off with a Shane Ozentowski one yard run, and suddenly like that, Ubley is leading. 8 nothing after a two-point conversion. One fifty-six left in the first quarter. Hoverbeach responds with a Dylan Kadar 27-yard pass to Nathan Seaman. The two-point conversion fails, so Ubley retains the lead 8-6. to six. Then the Bearcats really start to pull down the hammer and really drop it on Hoverbeach. Six and a half left in the second quarter. Casey Sweeney with a six-yard run makes it 14-6 to six after the two-point conversion fails. And then with 18 seconds remaining in the half, Ubley with another score. Shane Ozentoski's second of the night on a two-yard run. The two-point conversion fails. It's 20-6 to six, Ubley at the half. Coming out into the third quarter, Harvard Beach is supposed to receive the ball. They do, but there's a fumble on the kickoff. Ubley recovers, and they march down the field, and with 7.54 left in the third, Shane Ozentowski with his third score of the night, a one-yard run. The two-point conversion fails, and Ubley is suddenly leading by 20 points on the road at Harvard Beach, 26-6. Harbor Beach responds, 233 left in the third. Devin Puff with a three-yard run. Two-point conversion fails. It's 26-12, Ubley, by 14 points. But the Bearcats respond in the fourth quarter. Seven and a half remaining. And Shane Ossentowski with his fourth score of the night on a one-yard run. The two-point conversion's good. It's 34-12. to And 451 remaining. Dylan Kadar hits a nine-yard pass to Nathan Seaman for the score. The two-point conversion's good. By that point, it was too late and Ubley demanding win and dominating win 34 to 20 over Harbor Beach their first district championship since 2016 yeah no doubt Clark and the, the word you used there is dominating and in the open I said this was a surprising result and it's not surprising I I, I said back in week five uh, I laid it out there how and why Ubley could win against Harbor Beach and they didn't do it at that time uh, this one number sticks out to me uh, among Three numbers actually stick out, but one is just humongous. 68. That's the number of rushing attempts that Ubley took. Ubley rushed the ball 68 times for 293 yards. You can't score if you don't have the ball. And that was Ubley's game plan. Keep away. An explosive offense that could... And we saw it on on the, the second touchdown that Ubley scored. It was zipping down the field and they put one on him quick and you're like oh here we go there might be a chance here uh and that's just what uh, ubley was afraid of do not allow this explosive offense any traction at all and put a lot they put a lot of pressure on them defensively and on the on the defensive side uh for ubley they took the run away they did something that not many teams have been able to do they made harbor beach one-dimensional four yards rushing that's all Harbor Beach had. It's it's a mind-blowing statistic. Uh, 293 yards to four on the rushing. I don't care who you are. If you lose that badly on in the rushing game, you're going to lose the ball game. Uh, unless you throw for 400 yards. It's the only way that you can compete, and that's not going to happen in this uh, area. Patrick, Patrick uh, Mahomes, that. Right. Uh, well, he still lost today, too. Yeah. Harbor, Harbor Beach, though, uh, kind of abandoned the run. They they got behind so quickly that they were forced to throw the football early, and that's the credit which, to, to Ubley. Oh, absolutely, Ubley did it to them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the game plan that Coach Sweeney and company put into play was executed brilliantly, and Harbor Beach had no answer. But the answer to me was on defense. There was no answer. It was we are getting three yards on every single play, and you will do nothing about it. And no changes were made. They attempted a small change at halftime. It helped. None, nil, didn't make a difference. Well, instead of four yards, he gained three yards. Uh, sure, there was no difference. There's still enough to get a first down anytime they want yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And you're throwing out numbers that matter. That number was an excellent number, so I'm going to counter with another one that I think absolutely blows my mind. That number is 37-42. I was going to let you have that one. Thank you. <laughs> That's that supposed to be my number. I understand yeah. that. I'm going to steal it from you then. 37 minutes and 42 seconds is how much time Ubley had with the football in their possession. And that leaves 10 minutes and change for, for Harbor Beach. I don't care how good you are. If you only have the ball for 10 minutes. You better is, score on every single play and, that you have the ball. That's and they did chance. not. Harbor Beach did not. And that is a credit to the Ubley defense. This, this team learned. It learned from week five. But more importantly, two weeks ago, this ugly team got absolutely dismantled by Cass City. There is no sugarcoating it. Bill Sweeney will be the first one to tell you. They got their tails kicked. And guess what? It was the best 
thing that could happen to Ubley. Ubley had been getting really rich and fat off of the the bottom part of the Greater Thumb East. And this isn't me with a hot take here. This is coming from Bill Sweeney. It's one thing from from beating the Memphises and Marlettes and K-Packs of the world. And it makes you feel like a world beater. They went into Cass City coming off a pretty soft schedule after facing Harbor Beach. And it showed. They weren't ready for that game. They weren't ready for the caliber of a team like Cass City. And Cass City took it to them. It was a wake-up call. And then we saw them really beat a quality USA team that was playing its best ball of the season in week in the first week of the playoffs. No, nobody expected Ubley to beat USA like that. And that should have been the wake-up call for us. Should have got our attention real quick. And, I, and they carried that momentum over to Harbor Beach. And I think it really, for Ubley... It comes back to that week nine game. If they don't get their tails kicked, I don't know if we're sitting here talking about uh, Ubley winning this district championship. And if you look at the, the big scheme of things, that loss cost them nothing. Even if they would have beat Cass City, they would have still been on the road at Harbor Beach. So it really, it cost them nothing. They still got two playoff games in the first round, and now they get to host a regional. So by going on the road, facing a quality opponent in the Greater Thumb West champion, Cass City, Cassidy is the best thing that happened to Ubley, in my opinion. No question about it. And I think the reason we kind of wrote off the USA win, I know I did, is they handled them the first time. It almost felt like they were USA's kryptonite. So I kind of I take that as an outlier and passed it off to the side. What I bypassed was the rebound that Cassidy, that Cassidy game gave them. It was... Holy cow, if we play like this, we are going to embarrass ourselves. We need to look back at that week one tape, find our flaws that happened, what Cass City did to us in week nine, and we need to perfect that. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And they go out and do an exact identical duplication of what happened in week one. There's almost no difference in stats. USA scored once, and they never sniffed the end zone. They never sniffed the red zone after that. That ugly defense absolutely throttled them. And the offense grinded it out, scored some points. Uh, They finished drives, which is something ugly hadn't done, what they didn't do the first time around when they played Cass City, when they played Harbor Beach. They had some drives that ended short. So they win the turnover battle. Harbor Beach makes some Pretty boneheaded penalties. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Um, that was all they needed. They took advantage of the breaks that they got, and if it would have gone the other way, you can fully expect a well-coached team like Harbor Beach to take advantage of opportunities as well. They had no answer for this ugly team. My hope is is that this team, how they played Saturday night, is an identical team as how they show up when Saginaw Novell comes to town next Saturday. They play like that. They are a privilege to watch, and they are going to absolutely smear Saginaw Novell. However, if they don't play to that standard, you're going to give Saginaw Novell extra possessions. They will make you hurt. Not only was this a great game plan, and they had to have a great game plan to execute it, but Ubley played with emotion. They played with emotion, and they, they took that underdog role to heart. Coach Sweeney talked about after the game, they played blue the chip. And here's a quote I want to share with you. We heard all year about how they, Harbor Beach, were going to the state finals. They forgot about Ubley. That's all I have to say. They for you know, in in Harbor Beach, or excuse me, Ubley used that as a rallying cry. And Harbor Beach, rightfully so, so you know, this was a state championship caliber team, but they did forget about the Bearcats. And the, and you have to use whatever motivations you can use in sports. Ubley used that, and uh, it showed. The emotion that that Ubley showed out there, it it was evident, especially uh, down on the field. When we made our picks before the game, you know, and our job is to call the game, look at what we saw in the past, and carry it into that game and see what happened. Harbor Beach had already beat them on the road. There was very little doubt in a lot of our minds that Harbor Beach was going to take care of business, but not one of us thought that it wasn't going to be a triple overtime, battle it out, who's got the ball last type situation where it was 50-50, either team could win. We all, guilty as charged, picked Harbor Beach to win that game. Why? They had already beaten Ubley once, and we have saw some of their playmakers able to make that big play, able to blow a game open, and that big 50-yard pass or that 60-yard run that you could get can demoralize a team. Ubley doesn't, they've gotten a ton of those this year, but they've played a lot of bad teams. They get them because it's a missed assignment or whatever. Harbor Beach can make that happen because of their offensive scheme and deciding different things. Ubley took all of that away and they absolutely manhandled them and they were patient. So patient, all knowing that if they get three yards on this play, they're going to win. They won first down. If we get three yards 
on the next play, we won second down. And then those became five and six yard plays in the middle of the game. When they got two, it was no big deal. We'll just give it to Shane Asentasi. He'll get me seven. We're right back to where we need to be. And they were so patient. And so they were just thrilled every time they got three yards or more. Mm-hmm. They had one play that went over 10 yards. There was nothing exciting about this game, how they played this game. They absolutely, mathematically, patiently handled Harbor Beach all game long. And before you knew it, the time was out, and Harbor Beach didn't even know they were there. Ugly was that good. It was that impressive and that dominant. Coach Sweeney will be the first to tell you, Harbor Beach is more talented. And when we made our picks, we knew that. Harbor Beach is a more talented team than Ugly. That's coming from Coach Sweeney. In order to beat a more talented team, you have to have you have to have eleven guys playing as one, and they all knew their assignments and they executed it to perfection. You'll hear the game of the week on the WLW Sports Network once again on Saturday night. That's once again Saturday night at seven p.m. Sagnovel coming to Ubley. You'll hear that game on Sports Radio one hundred two one and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at Division Seven Lakers and Kansas City right here on Sports Radio one hundred two one. When we ask, are you sure? We just don't mean it in the sense of utilizing one of our primary care clinics or pharmacies in Pigeon, Caseville, Elkton, or Seawing, or stopping by our vision center, senior living, our wellness center, or walk-in clinic that's open more days than Bronner's. When you're sure, it's a whole lot more. It means being one with the community. Our team of nearly 500 healthcare professionals wear a lot of hats, especially in the community. Sure teammates are organizers of local festivals, active members in chambers of commerce, volunteers at food pantries, teammates for Relay for Life, coaches for youth soccer, board members of local nonprofit foundations. They organize parades, are active in church, donate to charity, and they'll even sit on a roof for a good cause. So when we say we are sure, it's just not providing the best health care in the entire thumb. It's caring about the thumb for a better thumb. No matter the temperature or type of weather we have, we've got your back. Because we know you have ours, too. Sure. Better health. Better life. Are you sure? Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLBSports.com and also now in podcast format. Just search on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast for the Sports Network. Let's take a look at Division 7. Cassidy hosted the Lakers in week number 11, and the Lakers actually were on the board first. 21 seconds left in the first quarter. Cassidy is punting the ball near their end zone. It's a high snap, and it's a safety and due to that high snap, rolls into the end zone, and it's two points for Lakers. Cassidy, though, scores with 46 seconds before the half. Alex Perry with one yard out. 6-2, to two, Cassidy leads at halftime. And then Cassidy scores three times in the second half. Cathrell, Perry, and Horn each into the end zone for a 28-2 victory over the Lakers in their first district championship in school history. Boy, this, 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 uh, this fan base and this crowd, this was electric in Cassidy. They could feel it. And then all of a sudden, about midway through the first quarter, it got really quiet on the Cassidy sidelines because they knew they were in a ballgame. Lakers had come to play. Lakers went to work, uh, did their homework, came up with a very sound game plan, and uh, was able to keep that that really good uh, Cassidy backfield in check. And really, to Lakers' credit, too, on the offensive side, was able to move the ball and probably should have at least one touchdown. Should have had one touchdown plus the, the two point or the the safety. Um, but you know made a few errors, and you got to give credit to the Cassidy defense when the offense wasn't going at its best. And your offense isn't always going to be clicking. You should be able to to depend on a stout defense, and this defense is legit. Uh, it's a defense that's only given up double digit points one time, and that was week one. And uh, when the Red Hawks needed it most, the defense was there. The offense finally caught up. Halftime, uh, Cassidy made, I thought, a really critical adjustment and moved uh, Santa Cathrell from the quarterback position, moved him to, to running back, and brought in Bryce Fernald. And I think that really opened up things for the offense to, to find some more room to run. And eventually, the talent wore the 
Lakers down. Uh, but uh, you know, this is this is all all credit to uh, to the Lakers for coming in and uh, putting that first that that week four game way behind them and uh, giving everything they could with a very young and inexperienced team on the road in a district championship game. Oh, credit to the Lakers for for bringing a tough, uh, good effort, but. I, all the credit to me goes to Cass City. They come out slow. They made the changes they needed to do against a rival. We just got done talking about a big rival game. This is the big rival game in the West right now. And so no surprise that Lakers come out and, get, and gave them a big haymaker to start the game. But this offense really didn't have much going. I mean, all of their running backs combined didn't even get the, the amount of rushing yards that Alex Perry got on 16 yards. Cass City handled this game for a very long time, but they did it at a slower pace, and that's where I think Lakers kind of did a pretty good job. They prevented the big one. They prevented all those long touchdown runs that we're used to Hayden Horn getting or Sandin Cathrell getting. This team, this Cass City team, wore down the Lakers. It took them a long time to do it, but it was by different guys, and it kind of like Ubley did to Harbor Beach. You didn't know who was going to score next. Was it Alex Perry? Was it Cathrall? What Was it Hayden Horn? You just didn't know. And, and that versatility, that variety, they don't necessarily have to win games by putting up 50. Okay, They won this game because they limited possessions that Lakers had, similar to what the Bearcats did, and they finished those drives with touchdowns. They were all short touchdowns, and to me, it's a job well done. They did what they needed to do, and hopefully now... Sandin Cottrell has rested a little bit. That shoulder or whatever it is is feeling a little better because at some point, if you do want to make a deep run, you need to play him like he is not injured. So if he, they're going to win next week, it's going to be because he gets involved heavily in the offense and they can use what they did all season long to everybody else. You start with him and then bring the other guys in around him and take that pressure off of him by using Perry and Horn and uh, everybody else, Fernald making a big pass wherever it is, and they can go out and hopefully handle Detroit Loyola. It'll be awesome to see. When I saw Cassidy in week nine against Ubley, uh, Sandy Cathrell was in street clothes. He was injured and really wasn't sure of his status, and he, he was able to come back for that first playoff game, but uh, there is a definite difference when and when he shifts to the backfield. It just gives this whole team a, a whole different feel to it, so like you said, Dave, hopefully uh, he can continue to get healthier because as the playoffs progress, they are going to need a healthy Santa Cathrell as well as everybody else on this team. And and it starts with Detroit Loyola. This is a blue blood program with a, a handful of state championships coming up to the thumb. So this is going to be a tall order for a very good Cass City team. I love the coming up to the thumb part. That that just makes me laugh and smile. So I hope, yeah, hope that helps. I have no clue where they are. <laughs> Absolutely. I, they might not even make it up here. I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, Alex Perry ended up with 15 carries for 167 yards. That's a pretty darn good average. Two touchdowns for him. Hayden Horn, 12 carries, 63 yards, and a score. Zach Kretschmer led the Lakers with 12 carries and 47 yards. Connor McCain, the freshman, 3 of 7 through the air for 23 yards. And like we said, Cassidy hosts Detroit Loyola this coming weekend. Friday or Saturday, we do not know. It is Saturday at 1 o'clock. Saturday at 1. There you have it. And and Clark, just to add, uh, close the book on Lakers. A bright, bright future ahead for this team. Uh, this, making this district championship was so important. Freshmen and sophomores starting in key positions, and that experience is, is going to really pay off, I, I believe, starting next year. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at eight-player football before taking a look at week number 12 right here on Sports Radio 1021. For everything to do with hunting, visit Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Look for the 40-foot-tall log cabin showroom with over 40 wildlife mounts from around the world. Randy's Hunting Center has crossbows by Darton, Wicked Ridge, Ten Point, and Raven, along with scopes, arrows, and accessories. Archery specialists ready to get you shooting this same day. Stay warm and dry in handmade cedar blinds in all sizes, starting at $425. Find over 4,500 new rifles, shotguns, and handguns in stock, including the Ruger American Rifle and 450 Bushmaster. Over 170 variations of a bow action rifle. That is a legal alternative in the shotgun zone and is fully capable of three inch groups at 300 yards. Get a Ruger Go Wild 22 inch camouflage 450 Bushmaster with muzzle brake for only $499.95. Randy's Hunting Center can drill and tap your slug guns, mount and bore sight scopes, offers custom sight in service, and they sell hunting and fishing licenses. Visit the website randyshuntingcenter.com and check out their Facebook page. Hi, I'm Randy Brown. Get your best deal at Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad X. Call 269 Guns 989 269 Guns. 
side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLLBSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Paul P. Adams. We've talked about Division 8. We've talked about Division 7. Now let's take uh, three players off the field and look at eight-player football. In Division 1 of eight-player, this is the larger schools. Morris and Deckerville. Morris, the defending state champions, travel up to Deckerville, a place where Deckerville does not lose much at home. But Morris scores immediately. Jonathan Carpenter with a quarterback keeper for Six points, the two-point conversion is good. It's 8 nothing Morris. Deckerville responds with an Isaac Kineth 39-yard pass to Trayton Kalesa. Two-point conversion is good, and we are tied at eight apiece. But then here comes the Carpenter show. Carpenter with a touchdown in the second quarter, capped off by another Carpenter touchdown. Deckerville scores with three minutes before the half. And then right before the half is over, Deckerville is marching down the field again to take the lead. And they are stopped at the one-yard line with an incomplete pass to end the first half, swatted down by Morris. And Morris leads by four at half, 20-16. In the third and fourth quarter, Morris scores four times compared to Deckerville's one. And Morris just starts to throttle him there at that point. Final score, 50-24. to The Orioles take out the Eagles, and they advance to the state semifinals to take on Colin. In the eight-player game, one athlete makes probably makes more of a difference than than 11 player uh is just amazing what one great athlete could do we saw that uh you guys saw it up close uh, powers north central uh when they beat deckerville in the state title game and this jonathan carpenter wow uh 47, 47 carries, 374 yards, four touchdowns. Thanks to Mike Gallagher for those stats. I believe he was the only one Correct, yes. that actually had those stats. Uh, uh, so thanks for him, and, and he was there. Um, hey, what, what can you say? When you run into a player this good, you tip your hat, you try to stop him any which way you can, and, and Deckerville just didn't have an answer for him. 374 yards. That is a, that's a month's worth of work done in an evening uh, by Jonathan Carpenter. Very impressive. But uh, you're seeing some similarities from other teams that we saw kind of happen this weekend. Deckerville never loses at home in a playoff game. Ring a bell. Uh, I'm looking at a opening kickoff to start the second half, which they fumbled and turned it over ring a bell it sounds like it's the identical story that happened to harbor beach they never lose at home in a playoff game they turned it over to start the second half when they needed anything to get them going uh but turnovers here cost deckerville they they knew that stopping morris was going to be difficult that they they were going to score 30 40 points regardless they had to score 30 40 points as well and when you have a drive stall on the one-yard line. When you fumble the ball on your own four-yard line and give them a touchdown, that's just too many big point swings in a game where Deckerville had to be perfect. They had to be ugly flawless, maybe even better than that, to beat Morris. Morris is just a very good football team, and for Deckerville to beat them, they had to execute a specific game plan, not turn the ball over, play well. They didn't quite live up to that standard, and Morris – Jonathan Carpenter, man, unbelievable. 47 carries. That is a ton of work. And uh, great. I hope they go the rest of the way. And I do believe, I can't remember, um, Morris is in, uh, is that Shiawassee County? I can't remember what a county that is, but that's actually a uh, county record for the most yards in a single night of any player in that county, whatever county Morris is in. Uh, Really, who cares, though? All right, moving on to Division (laughs) 2. Somebody cares. (laughs) Someone does. Uh, Division 2 in eight-player football. Kingston and Mile Ensemble were going head-to-head. And if you want some scoring, and this looks like a Pac-12 championship game here, Mile and Kingston go back and forth to start this one. 8-0, 8-8, 14-8 Mile, 20-8 Mile, 20-14 Mile, 26-14 Mile. And at halftime, it comes out to 20-8. In the third quarter, it's more scoring. It's twenty-two. It's thirty-two to twenty-two. Mile leading by ten, and then with uh, let's see here, with seven twenty-nine left, Mile's leading by twelve points. But here come the Cardinals with four twenty-three. They score again with an Aaron Kohler ten-yard pass to Jack Green for two-point conversion is good, forty-eight to forty-four. Mile's still leading by four points, but then Kingston gets one last shot down the field as they're at the seven-yard line as time is expiring. Aaron Kohler throws a pass into the big man, Caleb Goss, the biggest fullback in the area, and he catches that ball. The two-point conversion is unnecessary as Kingston is leading with two points as time expires, and the Cardinals advance to the state semifinals, defeating Mayo Asabal 50-48 in Mayo. Such a rarity, a walk-off touchdown. You don't see it very often. I don't know if I've seen it maybe once in my entire career, uh, and, and we were keeping track of this game uh, over at Cassidy 
Friday night and, and uh, it was obviously wasn't looking good for the Cardinals when they were down 40 to 28. And we were like, well, it was a good season, you know, th- to get to this point was was really good for them. Kind of wrote them off when it was 40 to 28. And then as uh, as we were wrapping up uh, at Cass City, uh, somebody said, did you hear how Kingston won? It was a walk-off touchdown. I'm like, no no way. I mean, un- unbelievable. Great for the Cardinals. Uh, Brandon Jones, I-, I think, has done a tremendous job over there uh, building this program, recovering from a really bad first-week loss to Morris. They got shut out on uh, Mike Ray field dedication night. Uh, not the way you want to start the season, but they really uh, overcame that. And, uh, you know, they played Deckerville within a touchdown. And uh, here-, here they are. Uh uh, one of two NCTL teams standing. We could still have an all NCTL state championship game with Morris on one side and Kingston on the other. Uh, we've we've been on the cusp of this a couple of times in eight player football. One of these years, it's got to happen, right? Well, as long as they get to twenty four teams here, they, that will happen. Yes. Well, look look at more specific here. It's uh, it's Brendan DeFalorio against Aaron Kohler. Yeah. DeFalorio accounted for seven touchdowns for Mayo, as on the other side, Aaron Kohler accounted for six of Kingston's touchdowns. Um, shame on Jake DeLong for screwing that up. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, Aaron Kohler would have had all seven touchdowns for Kingston. Now, a lot of them were through the air to other players, but uh, those two quarterbacks back and forth um, played an absolutely outstanding game and had to. Um, Pac-12 is exactly the the word that come to mind. It was just there's no defense. Who can outscore? Who can stay in the game? And who has the ball last? It's one of those type games, and it's not something you want to see every day. But it is a fun game to call or see every once in a while. Try to hang on to your hats, folks. It, Quite a game and a and a brilliant finish. And obviously, Kingston has a ton to be happy about. And I'll say this: this isn't as typical of eight player football now as it was when eight player football started. Correct, yes. When eight player football started, these were the games that we were seeing all the time that would take until. 10 30 at night to finish uh but as the the more teams have come in the play has kind of evolved and these type games have become you know not the norm anymore uh we've seen some good old-fashioned slugfest in eight player football but every now and then this is a fun game to, to uh to watch it's not a not a particularly fun game to write about uh, when you, when you have 98 <laughs> points and you're trying to get all these touchdowns in but uh you know kudos to kingston uh that showed that shows a lot of heart going on the road in a hostile environment, down a, a few touchdowns, and and to come back and rally and walk off. Uh, there's it, there's not too many sweeter things in sports than than what they did Friday night. And if you ever think that two point conversions don't matter, that that was the difference in this one. Milo Asabo went two for six in two point conversions. Kingston four for six, and that is your difference maker right there. If Asabo even goes for three for six, it's a tie ball game into overtime, and who knows. We could have seen another seven touchdowns for each team. Kingston would have had to actually attempt that last two-point conversion. That's true. true, They still might be playing, though, if they don't get it. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. We've seen it a number of ways. But uh, regardless, Kingston now at 9-2. They go and travel to Sutton's Bay, north of Traverse City. This coming weekend, I presume that's Saturday at 1. I would like to think so, but I do not know. I believe that's Saturday at 1. I believe uh, Thumb Tailgater's going up there. So all the Kingston fans, they'll have some uh, an avenue to uh, listen to that. And uh, Mayo Asal will finish the season at 9-2 as well. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at Ubley's opponent for next week. That would be the Saginaw Novell Panthers right here on Sports Radio 1021. This is Mike LePage from Thumb Bank and Trust. At Thumb Bank, we are a proud supporter of our local communities and school athletics. No team is complete without a good coach. Let Thumb Bank and Trust be your guide for personal service, professional excellence, and over 120 years of financial experience that any team needs to succeed. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Stop by any of our offices and let us show you the winning difference that is Thumb Bank. We're Thumb Bank and Trust Company with locations in Pigeon, Caseville, Cass City, Bad Axe, and Bay City, where relationships are built on trust. Member FDIC.
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network presentation of the Strong Sign. After week number 11 is behind us, the district championship in 11-player football had been distributed, and now it's on to the regional finals. The Ugly Bearcats will be the game of the week as they host the Saginaw Novell Panthers this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. That's the game of the week. Coverage will start at 6 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com with kickoff at 7 Speaking of Novell, let's take a look at what that game looked like for Novell and taking on the Breckenridge Huskies in Breckenridge, mind you. Well, actually, against Breckenridge. Breckenridge was the home team. It was at Alma College, I presume, due to field conditions, I would guess. I would guess, and that always stinks to have to give up a home game, a home playoff game, uh, and, and play on a neutral field. So I would, I would assume uh, that it was field conditions. All right, so Novell... Final score here was 46-28 over Breckenridge. And at 937 left in the first score, Breckenridge scores first, actually. Luke Saunders throws 30-yard pass to Karen Valier. The PAT is good, and it's 7-0 Breckenridge. A minute 37 later, Novell throws a 10-yard pass. Kajawa, Jack Kajawa, get used to saying that one for next week. He throws an, uh, a pass for the, two, for the score, and the two-point or the PAT is no good. So Breckenridge still ahead seven to six. Three minutes and seven seconds later, four fifty-three for those keeping score at home in the first quarter. Novell Kajawa throws another eight-yard pass. This one to Lafever. Still trying to figure out if this is any relation to Dan Lafever. I would like to think so, but who knows. If it is, oh man, I'm going to have a heyday with that one. Uh, throws a pass to Lafever. The two-point conversion is good in North uh, Novell Catholic Central. Or the way ABC 12 says, uh, it was like Louisville, except Novell. Newville is how they said it. <laughs> you can tell he's local. Uh, Novell <laughs> Novell is leading 14-7. to On to the second quarter, 10-24 before the half. No- Newville uh, scores another touchdown. Kajau with a seven-yard pass to Zayden Mitchell makes it. Uh, 20 to 7, and 4.33 before the half is over. Breckenridge scores again. Luke Saunders with a six yard run on the keeper. PAT is good, and it's 20 to 14. Novell by six. I know I ring that twice. And with 27 seconds before the half, this one's going off the rails real fast. Novell with an Ashton Wright seven yard run makes it a 12 point game at halftime. Novell 26, Breckenridge 14. On to the third quarter. Novell scores again. With uh, about four minutes into the half, and then seven, a minute and a half later, Breckenridge responds with a Saunders to Grant Willman score. The PAT is good. Mental ring the bell, and it's 32 to 21, 11 point lead for Novell. 208 remaining in the third. There you go. Novell with a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Kajau with a 10-yard touchdown. We're ahead of schedule, if you couldn't tell, folks. Kajau with a 10-yard touchdown pass. The two-point conversion is good, and it's a 19-point lead for Novell, 40-21. to On to the fourth quarter, Novell with another Kajawa pass to Zayden Mitchell. Makes it 46-21, to a 25-point lead in Breckeridge with one more score, and then Luke Saunders to another, his brother, Bailey Saunders. Makes it with a PAT is good, 46-28 to would be your Novell final score. And it's a 16-point victory, 18-point victory for Novell over Breckenridge. Takes out the defending state runners-up in Division 8. And Novell now travels to the Ubley Bearcats in the regional championship this Saturday at 7 p.m. Well, if the, if the game Saturday night didn't go Ubley's way, this game went Ubley's way. Absolutely. Because if Breckenridge wins this game, then they are probably traveling to Elma College for another game. Because I'm assuming if the field wasn't good enough to play this week, next week isn't going to be any different. Uh, so now Ubley gets to, after going on the road, gets to come back home for an extra home game. And that, that means a lot. That is big for the Ubley fan base. That is... Uh, Tough for Saginaw Novell because they are familiar with foes up here, and uh, we mentioned off the off the air that Ubley has beaten Novell in the past, and so this is not something new for them. This is a very typical opponent when you get this far, and Jack, uh, Jack Kajawa is the guy you're going to have to keep an eye on. This is going to be as a spread type pass it around offense. Kajawa attempted 25 passes. I mean, it's stuff you see on Saturdays and Sundays. He was 19 to 25. He only had six incompletions. He had five passing touchdowns and 300 yards. So that secondary of Harbor, uh, excuse me, of Ubley is going to be challenged. They got a nice little warm up from Harbor Beach. Harbor Beach attempted 17 passes. They completed 14 of them. Ubley did get an interception, but 14 completions out of 17 tries. That's a pretty good average. So Ubley got a little taste of what Saginaw Novell is going to try to do to him. Running the ball is going to come secondary from Saginaw Novell. Yeah, gonna... but, it, but is it secondary, Dave? When you look at Zayden Mitchell. 160 yards rushing in a touchdown. So, 
we've just talked about uh, Kajawa, 301 passing yards, five touchdowns. You're thinking, okay, we don't we we don't have to worry about the run. Oh yes, you do, because Mitchell can burn you on the ground. So this looks like a a pretty well-rounded offensive attack that the Panthers are going to bring in here. You have to ha- you have to be on your toes with your pass defense, with your running defense. Uh, again, the probably the best defense that Ubley can do is to control the clock, take do exactly what you did to Hover Beach. If you did it to Hover Beach, which by the way was the number two team in the state, take that for what it's worth. Those rankings mean nothing. I used to vote in them, so I I know this. Uh, but don't with, discredit uh, yourself at yeah, all. Yeah. With that, well, <laughs> now that you don't vote, it's worth nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I said that when I was voting too. Uh, they are they are worthless. But with that said, Harbor Beach was the highest point playoff point total in Division Eight. That's undeniable. And Ubley took them out by executing a flawless game plan. Nouvelle has four. Count them four losses. There is a reason Nouvelle has four losses. There is a reason that this game's in Ubley. Despite all these big numbers that we are seeing against Breckenridge, and that was a good Breckenridge team, this team's still been beaten four times. There is there is a way to beat Nouvelle. Uh, it just it, it comes down to a solid game plan. And for me, if I'm Ubley, it comes down to duplicating the emotions that you had against Harbor Beach. I think the biggest thing for Ubley, guard against an emotional letdown. It makes make Saginaw Novell and and picture Harbor Beach again, round two. It's right. round three, whatever it is. Picture, picture them with black uniforms on. Again, picture them exactly the same and run it again. And when I say that Saginaw Novell is going to throw it over a lot, and discredit the run. I didn't mean that at all. Harbor Beach has Devin no, Puff and Michael an, Anderson. No, you just gave me a door to have a oh, take sure. here, Dave. That's I'm, all. Right. I'm just saying <laughs> they are going to run the football, but they are not going to be afraid to throw it on you 20 times. If they if that is working and they're, they're throwing it all over you, they're going to continue to do that. I'm saying, too, though, that these defensive backs are going to be on an island, one-on-one, all over the place, and a lot of these defensive backs are undersized. But – they are quick. They are fundamentally sound. They are in good position all the time. Take a look at Levi uh, Peruski's interception. Okay, he was not big. He is. He's fast. He is in the right place. And that ball, when that ball was there, he's the one that came down with it, not the bigger Harper Beach receiver. So these ugly Bearcats have the model to beat Novell already. It was how they just did it last night. And they, if they can repeat that again against a very similar team that can run it and throw it on you. Keep them off the field, limit their possessions. They can win this game. Speaking of a similar team, Ubley faced a similar team like this last year in the playoffs. Saginaw MLS came into Ubley, and Ubley won this game. Uh, a, a team that likes to throw it around, run out of that, run out of that spread. All the things that Nouvelle's going to do, and Ubley saw that last year and was able to, to win that game. I, I think just stick to your game plan. Ubley's going to be fine. And uh, for me, it's not as much about defense for Ubley as it is offense. They absolutely have to keep that offense on the field and dictate pace. And Novell will be traveling to Ubley, like we said, on Saturday for a kickoff at 7 p.m. Coverage will start at 6 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com for the game of the week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky from Ubley. We have a backup system that we do believe will work. And so we will have a signal coming out of Ubley. And we will see how she goes. And uh, well, the only time will tell there in a, in a very crammed booth. But we'll make it work and we'll be there for our local teams. Gentlemen, any final thoughts here before we wrap up uh, taking a look at uh, week number 12? Hoping the weather... Uh holds up for us obviously we're uh we're talking about some major major snowstorms and that could obviously uh play a factor in the field conditions and whatnot i thought uh cast city friday night field was in immaculate shape for the, the amount of snow we had and likewise for Harbor beach last night uh field was in great shape actually once the the snow got off it actually firmed up uh with with some of the freezing and uh you know for is 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 uh much as they could do, I, I thought the fields were in excellent condition. So I don't know what the what the uh, extended forecast looks like, but we had two pretty much identical nights: clear, 
crisp nights. A uh, little chilly for my part, for uh, you know, being down there, but uh, otherwise, really good nights. So hopefully the weather um, cooperates for us one more time. Yeah, I got two thoughts, and the first one is that the weather's not that great. It is so much more favorable for our local teams because they, with the ones we have left, Cass City and Ubley, they I'm just are going thinking to about gr- myself. Dave. They are going to ground and pound anyways, and that might fit right into uh, their bag of tricks. And the second thing is, is that you can't say it enough. Congratulations, the Elby Bearcats, Cass City Redhawks, uh, impressive victories and a job well done. And don't let it stop here. Let's get another one. And so, of course, like we said how many times already, but the Ubley Bearcats will be hosting the Sagan Novell Panthers on Saturday at 7 p.m. from Ubley, Michigan. We'll have that one on air on the WLW Sports Network. Novell at 7-4, and four, Ubley at 9-2, and two, just took out Harbor Beach for the district championship. Novell took out Breckenridge just uh, two nights ago on Friday. And, of course, Cass City is going to be hosting Detroit Loyola on Saturday at 1 p.m. And then the other local game will be Kingston traveling all the way up to Sutton's Bay in the state semifinals in Division One of eight-player football. That game, uh, did you say Saturday at 1 as well? Saturday at 1. All right, so there you have it. So on behalf of our entire broadcast crew here tonight on the strong side, Paul P. Adams, Dave Hansen, and I'm Clark Ramsey. Thank you for listening tonight, and we will see you on Saturday at 6 p.m., kickoff at 7 p.m. Right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WSports.com. I'll be hosting Sagnovel in Saturday Night Primetime Action.